0: Hello and welcome to Nerd vs World, episode sixty-three: Bat Nerd vs Super Nerd, Nerds of Justice.
1: Woo-hoo.
0: <laughs> I'm Brendan.
2: I'm Spindles,
1: and I'm Emma.
0: And on today's show, we will be bringing you our roundup of the Sci-Fi Weekender. Um, a review of Batman vs. Superman, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and Daredevil Season 2.
2: And potentially a little bit about Colony, because I've enjoyed Colony.
0: Possibly. And also, uh, an Indiegogo you should be following.
2: Yes. <laughs> Only because I they followed you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get onto that later.
0: Where should we start? Should we start with the good stuff or the Batman vs. Superman review?
2: <laughs> Let's go with the reviews. Let's get this out of the way. Because we've been going on about this film since we first heard about the whole Batfleck announcement. and
0: Yes, we have. Okay. So. Anyone who has seen the Nervous World Twitter or Facebook page will know that I wasn't a huge fan of this film. I think it fails on nearly every single level. Um, the plot is absolute nonsense. You could remove Lex Luthor from this film and it would, one, vastly improve the movie, mm. and two, he wouldn't be missed.
2: Yeah, no, he has he absolutely no contributing factor to the plot whatsoever.
0: It is It is almost like someone wrote a script for the Joker, realised they couldn't get the Joker... And forgot... Well, that's my phone. That's embarrassing. <laughs> and forgot to remove the Joker's script from the movie. And Jesse Eisenberg plays Lex Luthor as a very cheap knockoff of Heath Ledger's Joker.
2: Uh, well, he's with also his... essentially replaying his bit from the social network. Yeah.
0: But I just... It was the Batman thing that I was going with in the Joker. Because the crazy... Rambling monologues that he does. It's slightly different to the Social Network, I think.
2: Yeah, slightly, but it's, uh, it, it's what that Mark Zuckerberg character would be in about another ten years' time. So, <laughs> True. Lex isn't.
1: Lex isn't a crazy person. He's, he's. He's not ever portrayed like that, is it? Completely, completely different.
0: Yeah. Lex is mm. pretty smart. He's, he's a businessman. He's a businessman.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, he, he does what he does and he just doesn't let morals get in the way of it. He's not a madman.
0: No, he's not insane like this guy is. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he ruined the film for me along with a combination of other things. Uh, one, Henry Cavill is a charisma vacuum <laughs> <laughs> and the single mopiest Superman I've ever seen. That's fair. Uh, the pacing was all over the place. The scenes jarred together without any, like, logical narrative flow. The pacing, like, that f- that final confrontation, everything was built into that, and it was a massive anticlimax by comparison. Like, both the Batman versus Superman fight and the Doomsday fight. Mm. We pretty much called it back in December on the show yeah. what the plot points would be and why the Justice League would be formed and they cheapened that by doing that very last shot of the dirt moving on the lid of the coffin yeah. as you fade out. It's just like, really guys? You either kill him and from the Justice League and then wait for the next movie for him to come back. Yeah. You let the audience leave with some sense the story has been completed. There was, there was
2: no need to tease the fact that Superman will come back to life. Everyone knows Rose. Superman will come back to life. There's no point showing it. But then again, there's also no point showing why Bruce Wayne becomes Batman. But yet again, we got the parents dying.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. They didn't yeah. go down Cry Mally, did they?
0: Yeah, <laughs> they, <laughs> they did. did. Not yet another origin story for, for Batman, which we don't need. And also, Thomas Wayne, kind of a dick. Like, you know, your kids just watched both his parents get gunned down and with your last breath, you're going to ignore him and just say Martha.
2: I, I guess my biggest thing was that Zack Snyder seems to have a thing about killing off uh, what's his face in the opening scene of a movie these days.
0: What, Jimmy Olsen?
2: No, not Jimmy Olsen. The guy who was playing uh, Thomas Wayne in this, uh, the chameleon from... The comedian, was it The comedian, he? yeah. Oh. It was him.
0: I completely didn't even. Yeah, that? I, I think was, I think my eyes are rolling back on my head with so much boredom already. But yeah, I've
2: completely.
0: It's Negan from. Um, yeah, from Walking, Walking Dead. Dead.
2: I've completely forgotten the actors, it Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, yeah, it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. Zack Snyder is. seems to have a thing for killing him off in the opening beat of any movie these days. Yeah. So it, it, yes. it,
0: and it was pointed out to me that he killed Jimmy Olsen off as well without any sort of mm. pomp and circumstance, and like Lois Lane returns to the Daily Planet and like. Where's Jimmy? Oh, he's dead. No, nothing.
2: Well, the reason why they had Jeffrey Dean Morgan mouth Martha is for the paper-thin excuse why Batman doesn't kill Superman. Yes. Because they have the same, same. mum's name.
0: Yeah. Which <laughs> everyone knows.
2: Everyone knew that anyway, but but again, the, 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 the sheer ridiculousness of it in the plot, where Batman is about to stab the fuck out of Superman, and Superman goes, save Martha, instead of save my mum. Yeah. You know, which, which is what he probably would have said in that circumstance because why would you say save Martha? He's like, who's Martha? Yeah. What does that name mean to you? Yeah. Like, oh, like, oh, okay. What? But that that that's the reason he's not going to kill him, is it?
1: Yeah. But I gave you a challenge after Brendan's review to go and watch I've not finished reckoning. No, I did. More some positives. We're nowhere near we're done tracking yeah. it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, nowhere near.
0: I've been getting people say, but that's about humanising Batman, uh, Superman in Batman's eyes, and I get that. I get that that's what it does, but the way Zack Snyder chooses Martha as that key thing is just utterly hackneyed and crowbar yeah it's ridiculous it is and as I say, you know, if
2: it, it, it it's about saying yes yeah, superman has a mum too in which case he would have said save my mum and batman would have gone what you have a mum yeah. and then maybe that would have been a conversation but to go martha to, oh.
0: play, to play on an in-joke that every comic book fan has known for years yeah for the sake of a plot point is ridiculous yeah almost like a jar of piss yeah
2: yes yes
0: another plot point peach tea peach tea Grammys Peach Tea. Ugh. No, it gets me so frustrated. And people are saying, like, I've had people react to the review and say, yep, agree, and people say, a bit harsh. And maybe my review was a bit harsh. But some people have been like, you can't call yourself a comic book fan if you don't like this film, which I found to be particularly odd.
2: Hmm. I I would disagree with that entirely. Yeah. Um, You can watch this film and have no notion about comic books whatsoever and vaguely enjoy it.
0: Yeah. You could, this, if you like this film, fair enough, you like this film. Um, when I review movies, I don't go in with any sort of preconceived bias. I, tr- I wanted to like this film, in fact, really wanted to like this film, because I was fairly sure it would be fashionable to hate this movie, and I've never been accused of being fashionable. So I really wanted to rile against the critics and, and love this movie. But as a film, I didn't. Um, it... It is filled with fan service, which is great, but it doesn't do it subtly. The Marvel films have a way of telling a story first and feeding things out to the fans. Whereas with this, DC and Snyder have focused so much on trying to produce a massive spectacle that can compete with Marvel, they forgot to make a movie.
2: Yeah, totally. And and I think, as I've said about it, it's... The only reason to go and watch this film is if you have any interest in watching any other DC movies over the next ten years to give you an idea as to why they're happening. Yeah. Because that's what this is. This is a bridge between what was a standalone superhero movie to go, hey, look, there are other superheroes in the universe, let's see what they're up to. Is
1: that a positive?
2: Well, no, not really, no. (laughs) The the whole way that they introduce the rest of the Justice League is so horribly ham-fisted it's not even funny. He basically downloads the whole of Lex Luthor's operating system, boots it up, finds a folder that's, Hello, we're the Justice League! And it's got the Wonder Woman logo, the Flash logo. The... <laughs> it's literally just a bunch yeah. of logos. And he clicks on them, and then you get a trailer for who they are.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you see a little bit of Cyborg with some New Gods tech in there. That's the plot hole. We'll come to the New Gods in a second. Mm. That's the big plot hole. And yeah, then there's the, a little brief snippet of Aquaman... That's a bit of the Flash. Flash makes two appearances because he comes back in another one of these Darkseid uh, dream he, sequences.
1: He's not the Flash, Flash from the TV. Show. No, 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 it's no, a no, 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 no. different. Flash. No, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: But was that was that the Flash that turned up in that Batman dream sequence?
0: I think it's just after the dream sequence because there's the obvious there's the obvious uh, Darkseid Dark uh, dream sequence, which then ends with a future Flash coming out of the screen. Which I think is separate to the hallucination. I think that's actually him visiting him. Right. And then Bruce Wayne wakes up.
2: Because there was a lot of ridiculous... Are they hallucinations? Are they dreams? Are they actually happening? There was a lot of disjointed things going on. Well,
0: That was the problem with the entire movie. The entire movie was disjointed. Nothing, Nothing worked. Logically. And I will accept that with a comic book film logic can sometimes be thrown out the window but with a movie it can't. And It has to work in a film as it's in its own right first then as a comic book adaptation second. Uh, and it, it, it didn't. But yes. The new gods and the Darkseed stuff. It was just too crowded. They tried to do too much. The irony being there's been a deleted scene released this week called Communion, which happens after the Doomsday fight, where they take the Kryptonian ship and they find Lex Luthor there and Steppenwolf one of Darkseed's um, lieutenants is there and that makes sense then because that then informs why Lex Luthor knows
2: that something else that is, something
0: coming. is coming because mm. that's the biggest thing, he comes to the end and he's talking about the bell's been unrung Oh, the bell's been rung, it can't be unrung, something is coming. It's like, at no point in this film have you had any information given to you about the new gods. Or this you,
2: you only assume that he's had something to do with that with the time he spent inside the Kryptonian ship making Doomsday in the first place.
0: Yeah. You can, you can make that assumption, but nothing's been sort of outright no, said. No. So... The movie was two and a half hours already. It could have been two and a half hours and 30 seconds and have this cut scene actually in the film. Mm. And it would have made a lot more sense. It would have worked better as a film for having that cut scene. But, you know, there's still a three-hour cut of this movie to come that's rated R.
1: I was quite surprised about how long it was, actually.
0: Yeah. I It... it we knew it had to be long. If you wanted to use it to set up the Justice League, it had to be a fairly lengthy movie. Hmm. Um, but they could have split that into three more evenly timed sections.
1: Because I, mean, I, mean, um, I didn't know how long it was going to be, um, so I accidentally rang Simon because I thought he'd be out. Um, and then he ended up texting me back going, it's going to finish any minute. So I looked online and went, two and a half hours? No, love, you've got another 20 minutes left yet.
0: <laughs> That's the point where you start going, oh, fuck no. <laughs> really? <laughs> It bored
2: me.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, it was fairly dull. There were a lot of it that I could have just completely done without. Yeah.
1: Well, the thing that people were most um, dreading in some ways was, was Ben Affleck being in it, but that wasn't your impression at all.
0: I've got to be honest. Mm-hmm. I would watch the hell out of a Ben Affleck Batman movie. Me
2: too. I've said exactly the same thing. He was awesome. Yeah. He, he is was the, the, the only good thing about that film.
0: The best Bruce Wayne we've had since Keaton. Mm-hmm. In my opinion,
2: yeah, I thought he was fantastic.
0: Yeah. yeah, he's probably the only good thing I can take from that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I, I would, I would agree entirely. Yeah. It needs more Batman stuff. It did. It, it need, it needed. Some it needed Lex more... Luthor
0: gone because Bruce Wayne has got the the resources to track down and weaponize the Kryptonite without having to steal it from Lex Luthor. Yeah, absolutely. They could have got rid of Lex Luthor entirely. He doesn't need to be there for any of it. Yeah. Um. You know. Well,
2: other than who would who would have created Doomsday.
0: He's... Did we need to have Doomsday well, this soon?
2: I don't believe we did need to have it.
0: No.
1: But Lex has always been a fan favourite, so they probably thought it would be a good thing. Well,
2: yes, but then again, so was the rest of the Justice League, which is why they've just crowbarred too much stuff into yeah. this film. Yeah, so, we basically, so they just
1: didn't cover as much ground.
0: Yeah, we've mm. got plot lines from Death of Superman, Dark Knight Returns... Uh, Infinite Crisis like everything's just been mashed together Um, we didn't need Doomsday like if they're going to go with with Darkseid, they could have just had his visions and Steppenwolf as the main bad guy even have Steppenwolf create Doomsday Mm. you know I guess there's probably some comic book fans out there saying why would Steppenwolf do that um, and that would be something for the filmmakers to answer, because well, yeah. there probably isn't much reason why he would, because they tend to come along after Doomsday, rather than Crayon. Yeah.
2: But that was basically the only thing that Lex Luthor did in the movie. Yeah,
0: was, was that. And anyone could have done it.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: Wonder Woman was okay.
2: I thought she was pretty good.
0: It's a shame they kept her appearance to a cameo. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that she played both the Madonna and the whore. Mm-hmm. You know, she fit two archetypes. Basically she was the sultry seductress who can be a master thief and really? then she was the kick ass woman at the end. Yeah. Entirely two dimensional. But given that she was only in it for about ten minutes altogether. Um
2: hardly unsurprising. Hard, yeah,
0: not surprising.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm struggling to think of anything else good to say about it.
1: I
2: mean well the main thing for me was was the the Ben Affleck performance I thought it was fantastic. Um I kind of liked their take on Alfred, Jeremy Irons I thought it was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, but he disappears for a massive chunk he of the movie without any disappear. reason.
2: Uh, but I liked how he was more involved in yeah. the kind of crime fighting aspect instead of just, you know, going, "Oh, Master Bruce, you yeah. couldn't be doing this." You know, taking over as a drone pilot and stuff was pretty kick ass. Yeah. So that was cool. Um I was Intrigued to find out what had happened to Wayne Manor and why he was living in a weird outbuilding. Because <laughs> that wasn't explained, but Wayne Manor was in complete ruins. That's true. Yeah. And it gives you no explanation as to why. And he's living in some weird glass building down by a river. Yeah, that's true. There is no explanation of that whatsoever. So i will be but interested to know what the not, rationale is behind that.
1: Well, his stuff not be a bit obvious in a glass building? Like the Batmobile, it's a bit... Well, that's all still
2: in the back. Actually, the back cave is fine.
0: Back cave was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the entrance of the back cave was amazing.
2: Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, because there was a like a, a ramp inside a lake. That, know, so yeah, he he's got in.
1: an entire back cave, but yet he's living in a greenhouse. Out yeah, Batcave. essentially, yeah. yeah. That makes no sense. Yeah, it made no
2: sense to me at all. I was like, well, what the hell's wrong with Wayne Manor?
1: Welcome to this movie.
2: (laughs) You you see some brief shots inside of it of of it all being, like, torn down and stuff and a couple of outside shots of it being in ruins. But that's pretty much it. And then, yeah, I I, kind of liked the... I I liked the hook for how they brought Batman into it. Uh, It was nice that they kind of picked up on a lot of our arguments as to what was wrong with Man of Steel and ran with it as a plot line. But then again we knew they we were going to do that from pretty early on.
0: Yeah. And then Yeah, but the, the, they make things so painfully obvious that they're addressing that issue as well. Later on, they're like, don't worry, we've made sure it's abandoned. Don't worry, no one's there. It's after after hours. Like yeah. when the fights is ha- happening later on, there's no danger of collateral damage. And they're making sure they're signposting ...how vacant everything is. So
2: much so, but but then... ...then the biggest problem with that is that... ...yes, the battle goes up into space... ...and they nuke them. And, like, that's not going to have any collateral damage... ...on the entire fucking planet. <laughs> oh. Detonating a nuclear device in orbit.
0: Yeah. And what would happen... Sure what happens in Dark Knight Returns... ...is that the four light blocks out the sun... Without access to the sun's powers, Superman loses his. Yeah. And then Batman kills him. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah, much as they were saying, you know, about yeah, collateral damage being a bad thing, then they just push it a step further yeah. and detonate a nuke. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just to get that shot of a withered Henry Cavill suddenly coming back to life.
2: Yes. Zombie Cavill. Yeah. Floating in orbit. But so it was... I like I, I like the Bat Tech. I liked yeah. that. That was good. The new Batmobile was awesome. The Batwing was pretty awesome. I liked I liked the idea of him branding people. That was kind of cool. Uh, but then the whole sequence of him just shooting the fuck out of people kind of literally it it, it took a complete step away from the fact that Batman doesn't kill people. But he, he
0: he does and he has and he's used guns quite a bit. So I wasn't really too bothered with Batman using. But guns it was that that
2: whole sequence just made no sense to me whatsoever.
0: But that was in one of his hallucinations. Well, in one of the visions, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So we don't know what Batman that's bec- he's become by that point.
2: It's a trench coat wearing, wearing machine s- gun toting Batman, Batman. which yeah.
0: Um, but I've got no issue with his gun use. That's. It just surprised canon, me.
2: I think. But because it's something they tend to steer clear of in Batman films.
0: Yeah, well, I think they're using different sources for this, mm. so I'm, I'm, I'm not altogether bothered by that. Because that was one of the best parts of the film was mm. Batman. I was I was happy with his inter- with the interpretation they have of him. Yeah. For that.
1: My favorite bit after the film is definitely the um, sad Affleck post that somebody put up after after your review which he just sits and mournfully looks off
0: (laughs) yeah I feel bad for him (laughs) (laughs) I I, I genuinely feel bad for him because like without him that film would have been unwatchable yeah
2: but that's the strongest thing to come out of it and is what gives me hope that you know we might get a decent Batman film out of it
0: yeah I mean, I'm not writing off the rest of the franchise based on this like
2: I still think Suicide Squad's going to be interesting
0: I have my reservations well, I have about my that.
2: reservations because it's the one film they should turn R-rated and they haven't
0: yeah but they are using no, no, no. It's not. but they're using different directors for the different, different franchise movies and like that gives me hope hmm I just don't think Zack Snyder handled this particularly well. I don't think he's handled the film well for a while. No. Um, no,
2: not since Watchmen, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, that
0: would been, been my last one for him yeah. too. But there you go, folks. I mean, like, if, you, if you're if you a diehard fan, you'll find something in it that you'll like. There are Easter eggs to be found in there, but we can't, we can't give you a rating based on the Easter eggs.
2: Indeed. So. But I will say that my biggest positive coming out of it is the fact that next year we're going to get potentially the best Batman film ever. Oh, the Lego, Lego Batman yeah. the movie. Dear God, that looks amazing. It does. It does. <laughs> that is going to be the best Batman film ever.
0: Yeah, it's a fair shite. <laughs> okay. So it's a solid three and a half, four out of ten for
2: me. I'd, I'd probably bump it to five because I didn't hate it. Okay. And I thought I would hate it.
0: I'd sooner watch that again than Prometheus. Uh, yeah. I know I said something else on my Ooh. review, but actually, Prometheus is still a worse film than that.
2: I think if I was to do it, uh, probably a good way of watching it would be to have a good kind of four or five hours free, cut out the last 45 minutes of Man of Steel and cut straight to the beginning where Batman turns up and the fight's happening, into cut the two together and make it one film. Fair. <laughs> And that way you can cut out a load of the extraneous shit and make a decent film out of the two of them put together. Yeah. You
1: never know the three hour long one might like, make sense.
2: No. no. The stuff they, need,
0: they need to lose <laughs> stuff rather no. than that stuff. Okay, so that's the one review. Uh, I also went to see 10 Cleverfield Lane which I am pleased to report is a wonderfully shot not shaky cammed piece of genius. It's a great, great film. Um, John Goodman is creepy as fuck. And we need to find a way of getting him into a movie where he can show his chops like this, closer to Oscar season. This mm. We need to find a way of getting this man an Oscar, nomination at least, because his performance as this uh, creepy survivalist was incredible. I and, thought
2: it was great in Red State.
0: Yeah, I thought he was as well. <laughs> One of the best things about that film. Yeah, was,
2: absolutely. You
0: know, so the plot follows um, this woman who crashes off the road when she's on the way from leaving her boyfriend, like just running away from him. And she wakes up handcuffed to a radiator in a room in a bunker run by John Goodman, who informs her that the world has ended and that he doesn't know what it ha- what it is, whether it's a the soviets or an alien invasion or a chemical attack or well, he's not sure but he just knows that everything is finished and he's he's rescued her and he seems very nice very jovial and as the film plays out we start learning more and more about his backstory um his fixations on certain aspects of his life in the bunker and on on her And his other guest Um, and it's it's really well done it's really well put together the tension mounts throughout if it has a problem the problem is a typical Abrams esque problem in the build is wonderful but then he has to go and do a reveal and the last 10 minutes of the film are a bit silly in a way that kind of is kind of jarringly uh, opposite the rest of the, the, the tone. Toning to that point is this gripping psychological thriller. We don't know who's telling the truth, what the real situation is, who's good, who's bad, what people's motivations are. It's all just tense and building, and then we find out what's going on.
1: Is it like Signs, Silly? The Village Silly?
0: No, 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 it's, 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 not, it's, not Sha- it's not Shyamalan. It's not Shyamalan <laughs> It's not Shyamalan silly, <laughs> it's just Abram silly. He didn't direct it, he was just part of the producers for it.
2: Well, that's, but that's the thing, is it, it started out life as a completely different film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a completely different it's, title.
0: There's no, there was meant to be no connection to, to Cloverfield. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't give the ending away. No, indeed, but so I, going... I guess
2: from, from what I've read about it... It's that it, it was originally a movie, it was called The Cellar or something. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact name, but I, I read it in, a, in Empire the other day. And um, it was pretty much all completely done, but it hadn't had a release at all. And then I think J.J. Abrams came on board and they reshot. A few bits and bobs, did some pickup shots, added some extra stuff into it, and recut it, and yeah. then called it Ten Cloverfield Lane instead. Yeah. So it was originally a completely different movie. So chances are that ten-minute silliness at the end is due to the the recutting and the reshooting. Possibly. Um,
1: but that gives me a lot more confidence to go and see it though, because I wasn't massively keen on Cloverfield. So no, it was rubbish. Um, I that that makes me want to actually watch it.
0: Hmm. There's a lot of false turns. Um, and things get confirmed We, we things, various things get confirmed during the films we know that there's elements of truth to to what he's saying um, we don't know the extent of, of what's actually happened but there's a pivotal scene for me that speaks to Goodman's character and his acting in this film they're playing they're playing a, a word game where they have to say words that remind that will it's like kind of like a charade type of mm-hmm. affair um and the young man who's down in the bunker with him has to uh, try and get him to guess Little Women as the title of a book. And he keeps pointing to uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character, saying, she's one. And, like, uh, Gwyneth's like, a, a girl? Like, no, 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 not a girl, she's, she's older. And he's just going at him and at him and at him, and he cannot picture her as anything other than a girl. The yeah. only alternative word he has for it is princess. And it's just the way, very subtly through that scene and the ones just before and after it, we start getting more and more insight into what Goodman's character is kind mm. of all about. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's really, really well done. It's very subtle. It's the exact opposite to <laughs> Snyder's direction. Like, there's there's nuance in this movie. Um, and I couldn't picture her... Who she was. I knew, I recognised the face, but I couldn't place it straight away. But there's one scene which it was exactly like Ramona from Scott Pilgrim. I was like, that's who she is. Yeah, I knew yeah. Yeah. I recognised
2: it. I recognised the name, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah,
0: Ramona. She wrote, Ramona Flowers from Scott mm. Pilgrim. Um, but yeah, that one is well worth a watch. Cool. Give it a shot. Silly ending and all.
1: Daredevil?
2: Oh, Daredevil. The Devil Season 2. Okay. Was it everything we thought it was going to be? More or less. Hell yes, it was. Yeah.
0: It was pretty damn good. Um, I agree with most people's complaints about this series, with the one-week link being Electra. Mm.
2: Potentially. uh, I think my my other major complaint with it is once you start having waves of ninjas, you get a bit bored. Or with a hand. Yeah. Yeah. I just the fight sequences with wave after wave of ninjas, I just eventually stopped caring.
0: Well, to me, it felt like three different Daredevil movies. Yeah. Exactly yeah, yeah, tied yeah, in was. together. Yeah. There there was no there was no real overarching uh consistent plot. It was basically well, Turn the only
2: on. arcing consistent plot is Matt Murdock continually fucks everything yeah. up. <laughs>
1: yeah. But, you know, y- y- you go through you go through that Punisher plot line and, um, you know, to the point where he's happy, where you know that everything's going to go to shit from there on. And, you know, I-, I knew that Electra was going to be in it. So I was like, right, here it is. He says he's happy. He's going to go upstairs. Oh, look.
0: There she is. Yeah. Like, um,
1: and and then, then you head off on a bit of a plot like that. And, you know, it, it's very. There's, there's different segments to it rather than an overarching series like the first one.
0: Yeah. And the middle four episodes with the electric stuff and the flashbacks did kind of suck the momentum out mm. of the series. Yeah. But fortunately, Frank Castle and The Punisher more than made up for it. Uh, The Punisher stuff was great, and John Bernthal brought something new to the portrayal of Frank Castle.
2: Yeah, I thought thought he was excellent. And exactly what
0: we thought he would be as well. We thought he'd be an ideological clash rather than an actual straight-up villain. Yeah.
1: Um, It it comes to something when you know you're going through the series, and then Kingpin turns up, and I was really happy. <laughs> we got really attached to Kingpin in the first series. We were sort of like emotionally attached to him, and then he's like, oh, he's back. Oh, that's good?
0: Back and still pulling the strings. Yeah, and still brutal. And then that that prison corridor fight sequence.
2: Yeah, that was excellent. Yeah, it was really really well. Though, I mean, there were some out really Except good fight sequences thing. again. Episode three. that's Yeah, the yeah. corridor one shot fight sequence again, up and down the stairway. Yeah, yeah. that was again amazing. But it was just later on, just the waves of ninjas just got a bit too much. Yeah. And they, it just lost its impact. Oh,
1: more ninjas. Yeah. And then she turned into a McGuffin. Yeah, well, that's the thing that's so yeah.
0: frustrating about Elektra as her betrayal in, in season two. She didn't have a character, you know? She was a plot device. Yeah, She had no agency in her own right. She wasn't, you know... Oh, no, she just wasn't fleshed out. She was right. nothing. She was nothing like Electra. She was a woman with the name. That was it. Hmm. That was the only thing that she has that connects her to the comics.
1: Well, Tother Electra isn't any good either.
0: Well, no. Like, yeah. Well, no. Less less said about that. Less part, it. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, she had nothing going for her. She was literally a plot device, and eventually turned into the MacGuffin.
1: But then in the first series, the women were really, really good. Um, you know, you, you got King Ping versus his missus. Um she was almost Vanessa. Vanessa. Vanessa she anyway. was almost um like changing the way he was thinking and and, and, and twisting his, his views in certain respects. She was a very strong woman character. Mm. And then you got to this one, it was like uh, apart from the the nurse, she's she was mm-hmm. quite good. But Electra was really Again she was
2: criminally underused in this. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, but
0: it felt like they were setting the rest of the TV universe up, to be honest. All the little Easter eggs and stuff for new people and new characters. like The Iron Fist connection has been established more now that we have Jerry Hogarth making her appearance and recruiting Foggy. Uh, Madame Gow is still knocking around. So we know that that's going to be the overarching thing. And Elektra's The Black Sky just feels like that's the second time right because Black Sky was mentioned in the first Daredevil season because mm. Stick kills a Black Sky. It kind of feels like that's going to be the big super enemy. Yeah, that f- forces the defenders to come together because
2: there was a lot of again a lot of unanswered stuff like yeah. the massive fuck off hole.
0: Yeah, well, I I put being up, a
2: gaping plot hole.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was were they digging for the beast? Yeah, well, that's what the Hand and the Trace have been fighting over. So was that. That, um, yeah.
1: There were some lovely Jessica Jones references.
0: Well, she even gets name dropped. Yeah, she, she does, does indeed. indeed. She gets name dropped straight up. Um, I've been loving going over the the sites that bring up Easter eggs and stuff for this because it's making me wonder: what do you consider an Easter egg, and what is just a straight reference? Yeah, <laughs> just so
1: like mentioning Jessica Jones. Yeah, that's not an Easter egg. <laughs> no.
0: Um, There's
2: a flat-out reference.
0: And someone meant someone saying, "And and uh, his weapon maker, Mervin is the gladiator." It's like, well, again, not an Easter egg. It's a reference. Mm. And also, you put that as an Easter egg for your season one review as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, at what point does naming a character become an Easter egg? I can accept Max the dog as yes. a sly reference to the Punisher's um, animal companions. But yeah, like saying Jessica Jones is an Easter egg. No, not an Easter egg. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: There were more for Deadpool that were more appropriate. I think there were actually more subtle references in Deadpool. And than Deadpool, yeah, in,
0: yeah, yeah, like um, the that. coffee cups and and the road yeah. signs and stuff. But yeah, when you have a character and you just name that character, that's not that's not, a, that's yeah. not really Some Easter eggs were more subtle, like the whole uh, Frank Castle Daredevil thing on the roof where he's chained up and he's making that decision. That's kind of one giant Easter egg because it's ripped straight it's, from it's, the comic. It is
2: shot for shot yeah. out of the comic.
0: You know, So that's kind of like, oh my God, this is where they got that from. That's great. Um,
2: and it was great. It was. Yeah, that was very, very good.
1: But I'm really enjoying these Marvel TV series. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for the next one. It's going to be fantastic. We keep doing them in in a day, don't we?
0: Mm. Yeah, I literally had... I got back to Oxford half past two, three o'clock on the Sunday morning after leaving the sci-fi weekender and then I had work for 12 hours so I watched most of Daredevil at work. (laughs) Not gonna lie. (laughs) Um, And it was good. Both seasons have been very, very good but both seasons could have been worse had it not been for a certain character. I think if the first season didn't have Vincent D'Onofrio's Excellent performances, Wilson Fisk. It wouldn't have worked quite so well. Yeah. And I think if Frank Castle and the, Pun- and the Punisher hadn't been so well done by Burnthall in this series, it wouldn't have worked quite so well. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I still think there are, there are weaknesses in the pacing and the plotting, um, but they're being papered over by some really, really outstanding performances.
1: It was definitely the characterization of Fisk in the first season, and the fact that you you did feel for him. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just you know, you're an outright baddie. You're going he was a to kill sympathetic things. villain. He yeah. was very sympathetic. He yeah. was he was wonderful, yeah. which is why I like seeing him again.
0: And mm. we'll see him in season three yep. because he's pretty much outright said in that he scene he
2: will be back and yep. he will
0: tear them to bits, which is going to be the born again yeah. plot line, especially now that they have that. Murdoch M- has told I oh, was it Ka- Karen, yeah, um, who he is, yeah.
2: And Fisk has worked out who he is.
0: Yeah. Fisk has definitely worked oh, that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we see him asking for all the. For um, Matt
2: Murdock's files. files. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, he's definitely worked out who he is.
0: But that's part of Kingpin's abilities. Yeah. He's a master tactician like that. Yeah. He, he can work it all out. Yeah. He's one of the smartest um, Marvel villains that there are. Yeah.
2: Indeed. Okay, well, cool. I guess the coming back from Sci Fi Weekend links us nicely into it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of pissed at myself that. I got the whole daylight saving things wrong, because I could have stayed like an hour extra and done that and done the interview. interview. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sh- shall we start with Thursday night?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. It was it was an, an unexpected weekend in many many yeah. ways, shapes or forms, because we had a lot of stuff lined up that we were due to be doing. Um, and then on Thursday night, when we got there, we ended up with Garrett Wong being put on the table next to us, so we invited him to join us for dinner. And then proceeded to spend the majority of the weekend hanging out with him, which is very, very odd. Yeah,
0: and he is a thoroughly lovely guy. He is indeed.
2: Yeah, he had some wonderful stories. Uh, he he did great panels.
1: Yes, his panel was hilarious. Yeah, and the impressions. No wonder he left, lost his voice.
2: <laughs> yeah. So when it finally came around to us uh, uh, recording the podcast with him last thing on the Saturday night, his voice had pretty much gone. Yeah. But he was still hilarious. Uh, there's a lot of cool stories in there that you that you haven't heard yet, sir, so, which you have to hear it's Like uh, a particular one that you'll like is uh, him meeting... Uh, oh, I've forgotten his name now, the guy who plays Wash.
0: Alan Tudyk. Yeah, Alan oh, Tudyk. Let's not get into forgetting Firefly actors names.
2: <laughs> Why not? Let's start with that, because that's Thursday night.
1: Thursday night you had a quiz.
0: No, 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 no. Okay. Thursday night... Oh, no, Thursday night, we didn't do the quiz. We didn't no, do we the didn't quiz, quiz Thursday night. Because yeah, we yeah. were going to do it on Thursday night, yeah. but we were talking to Garrett Wong, yeah. missed registration, so we couldn't do it. Yeah. It's such a shame. Um, I, I was happy missing the quiz. Uh, but then Friday night, there was the main Sci-Fi London quiz, and... Which we didn't
1: do.
2: We couldn't make it. We couldn't
0: do we did, it. We did it. Um, So... We got most of Team Nervous' world together for it, and it was pretty good. And we're getting into the the second round. The first round was pretty bad for us. We didn't do quite as well as I'd I'd have hoped. And the second round, it it was the same format as last year, so question 1 through 10, and each question has a number of answers equal to the question number, so question 8 has eight answers. And question 8 was who were the eight historical figures that Bill and Ted brought back. And I was just like, don't worry, guys. I got this you know we, we sign off our show like with with BX to each other this is this is no worries we got this nailed and I nailed it and question nine was who were the nine cast members in Firefly <laughs> now if anybody knows me they know that the one the one show I ship harder than any other is Firefly Right, but it's, In fact, it's...
1: so much so that you said you wouldn't share a caravan with our daughter until she watched Firefly.
0: That's true. <laughs> um, so I was like, "Don't worry, guys, I got this." And I'm writing off the names, and I've got them all down, and I count them up, and I only have eight. And I'm going through the, the cast and who they play, and I'm like, "Oh shit, I haven't got the Doctor." Oh, who does who plays the Doctor? I'm like, "No, seriously, he he plays the Doctor." I, I can't remember for the life of me who played that just having complete mind blank. I know it's Sean Mayer. I absolutely know that, but at the time utter mind fart.
1: Should have brought Megan to it. She would have sorted you out. So.
0: <laughs> that that aside, we 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 put all the scores in. Um and we top our scores and we've got 65 points by our reckoning and joint third was 66. And so it was missing. It was missing that Sean Mayer question that cost us a, a, a competition prize.
2: So we will now cast our minds back to Nine Worlds last year, oh. where uh, I had a complete mind blank on the Tyrell Corporation, and we lost the the podcast awards by one, Mom, well, one. by half a point.
0: See, we we are we are cursed. I think. to... to
2: I think we were just have have brain blanks at, certain at the points. right, at the wrong,
0: yeah, and both in fandoms and it's things stuff that, that we should think. know yeah. that
2: we know backwards. Because yeah, I know Blade Runner backwards. You know all the discrepancies between how many replicants are left at certain points and which bits they overdubbed and stuff like that. Yet come to a question in a quiz and I completely corpse.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it was an embarrassing moment for a hardcore Firefly fan because I could picture him. I could even see tweets like between him and Jewel State because they're massive um, friends on Twitter but I just couldn't see a name it was just so elusive Mm. but we did okay it was a good showing we'll just have to come back and do better next year
2: (laughs) so as as for the rest of the weekend on the Saturday we were, on the Friday Friday. we were very very busy on the Friday because that was the day that me and Emma were doing all the panels so Uh, We were kind of fitting between each other.
1: And Starbucks is brilliant this year. Um, They'd completely changed it. So they'd blocked out a lot of the noise from the main void um, by putting all this panelling in. And um, they created a wonderful area uh, uh, by the windows um, in which they put curtains up and they've got mics in there. and uh, It was really a nice area to do interviews in. So I um, interviewed uh, Peter Newman first, which was um, George Mann had pulled out two days previously, um, and then Emma Newman, and it was great to get uh, their interaction together as a couple, um, and especially when people were asking things like, would you like to write a book in each other's universe? Yeah. Um, and they both said, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's very, very different. Mm. Uh, but, they, it, you know, I didn't have much time to look into Peter's work, but um, that was good. Um, Emma Newman I could have talked to for hours because I know her stuff in quite great depth. Yeah. Um, at the same time, Simon was on stage.
2: I, I was on the main stage doing the Game of Thrones panel, uh, and then we, we crossed over with, like, a ten-minute crossover period. Yeah. Uh, I went over to Starbucks. Emma went onto the main stage, so I did an interview with Una McCormack around writing for expanded universes in fiction. So mainly, she writes in uh, the DS Nine universe and the uh, and Doctor Who. She does stuff. Also, she's written Doctor Who audio dramas and and novels. So we had a big conversation about that and stuff about you know Kindle worlds and the importance of fandom and fan fiction and. Things like that because, yeah, she started out as a fan fiction writer and then moved on to writing licensed fiction and stuff. So it was interesting to get her take on the whole Kindle Worlds thing. Do, do you know about that?
0: We there was a panel briefing on that at Nine Worlds last year,
2: yeah, yeah. So it, it's about you know opening up universes to allow people to write licensed fiction uh, and then, yeah, everybody makes money off it the people who write it and the license holders, yeah. So that was cool. And then you went on to the main stage and did the Outlander panel.
1: And, and again the main stage was was improved. I mean we we um we, we had the hand mics instead of the nightmare um Headset, head mics yeah. from last year.
2: He still had those because I was talking to the sound guy Did about he really? them he still got the top gear headsets.
1: Oh no, the top gear headsets <laughs> yeah. were a wreck.
2: It was the same sound guy. I love that guy, he's um,
1: awesome. Yeah, he's a he's a great sound it's guy. Stan,
2: I think is his name. But the,
1: the the major advantage of this year is that they actually had a stage manager, which they mm. haven't had for previous years. Mm. Which they can actually they did a proper um burst of film before you went on stage. Yeah,
2: there was actually V T clips before <laughs> you yeah. we went on and everything. And
1: and a big announcement before you went on. And and that was that was Uh, really good compared
2: on instead of our our usual you know, we just take over the main stage for a couple of hours so it was kind of
1: nice I had had a lot more material last year because I realised that the the guys didn't know anything about Outlander just before I went on stage and all my questions got trashed so um, oddly enough
2: exactly the same thing happened to me
1: (laughs) in a lot of ways I prefer talking to authors because they know their stuff backwards Mm -hmm. whereas um, actors just turn up and say some lines so it depends on, I mean, some of the panels were amazing. I mean, Garrett Wong knew everything about uh, Star Trek backwards. Eve yeah. Miles is hilarious. <laughs> we'll, we'll get
2: on to the, the Saturday. But panel yeah, I mean, it, it
1: all, all depends on how well somebody knows the material and how much con experience they have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Indeed. Yeah. How, the con experience, experience is yeah. definitely key. Yeah
2: it's about having that patter and you you see people who've been doing it and are professionals at it and have that patter and they'll just go off because uh, you, know, you you'll see you'll get people telling it's the same stories using exactly the same words yeah. so you know that it's something that just they just rattle off but it's cool it's still great to hear um, but It's
1: part of acting yeah, you yeah, have totally. a script you yeah, do
2: yeah. it yeah mm. indeed um other highlights for friday i think that was it pretty much for the day
1: yeah well we we ended up Passing out afterwards at all? Yeah, we hadn't which eaten is, anything. Yeah, and why just... we missed
2: the quiz because we were shattered after doing all the running around and and stage work and stuff. So yeah, crashed out and then came back for the Imaginarium at night. So yeah, a, a different Imaginarium to normal. So hosted by Professor Elemental,
1: less axle grinding. Woo
2: hoo! Angle grinding. Angle grinding. Yeah,
1: whatever. Yeah. Well, fire things. Yeah. One fire thing is enough for me in an evening. I don't need to
2: yeah. sit three times. So it was, it was a new program and. Again, a bit, bit hit and miss. It was it was nice that they just had an opening and a closing dancing number with Area Fifty One instead of loads of other stuff going on during it. Uh, I think
1: we only have that opinion because we've been there five years.
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: I mean, newbies love it.
2: Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, then you had two acts: the the magic act, which I thought was a bit dull and a bit repetitive, and it was kind of just it was close up magic on stage, which is difficult to pull off. Yeah. And keep people interested. If you're going to do stuff on stage, it's got to be big, overt illusions, not kiwis appearing in a cup. Yeah. So uh, and I, I kind of felt a bit like they were just normal cabaret stage magicians who'd put on top hats and goggles and called it steampunk. Okay. So I was a bit let down with that, I think. Um, they did the Jedi Training Academy, which was kind of cool and good fun. Uh, I don't know if you'd seen that over the weekend. So they were around over the entire weekend doing uh, Jedi training uh, where you basically put blindfolds on and he flies around a drone and you have to try and hit it while blindfolded. Uh, And they did that on stage with a guy who was dressed and looked exactly like Kylo Ren, which was genius. Everybody really wanted him to win, but he didn't. He
1: had the wrong. He picked the wrong lights.
2: eh? He picked the one that didn't have the cross guard, so he he went for the red one, which is fair. But the the orange one had the cross guard. He couldn't see it from his viewpoint. So that that was kind of cool. Um, And then Professor Elemental doing a gig after that, which is always great.
1: Yeah, he's brilliant.
2: Sweet. So it was it was different. Uh, I think that, that they're still trying to strike a balance between too many, too few, too short, too long in terms of acts as part of that, but I think they're getting closer to the mark now.
0: Cool. I think I retired fairly early after the quiz, I think, on on the Friday. Hmm.
2: So Saturday uh was mainly panels, I think we went to on Saturday. Yeah,
0: Saturday was Eve Miles and Kai Owen.
2: And that was stunning. Oh. Absolutely I, I, amazing.
0: I almost died laughing Yeah. again.
2: I, I could sit and watch Eve Miles on stage for hours. Yeah. She's just hilarious.
0: Absolutely, absolutely wonderful.
2: <laughs> and Kai Owen as well is also hilarious. So the pair of them on stage was just amazing. Yeah, yeah
0: that, I, that, I didn't want that pound to end. Mm. I know it was Brian Blessed next, but they could have pushed Brian Blessed back a little bit. <laughs>
1: Brian Blessed, by God. I mean, Professor Elemental did a cracking job. Oh, I've did. never seen anyone contain him as well as, as he contained yeah, him. He, 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 no,
2: he did it with a lot of humility and, uh, and you know, self-deprecation. And he was great. I thought he was fantastic as a host. Yeah. He only prodded him a couple of times about stuff and... and you know, it got to the point where Brian Blessed was actually saying, you know, go on, ask a question and stuff. So yeah. he was he, he was actively engaged. So I thought he did stunningly well. But he didn't get a word Excellent in for 20 panel. minutes, but no, then after no. that,
1: after that, he managed to control him pretty well. Yeah,
0: no one gets a word no, with Brian Blessed. But to have Brian Blessed turn around to you and say, you've been handling me rather well, <laughs> I think is testament <laughs> to the job that the professor
2: did. Indeed. Yeah.
1: The, the last TV interview with him I saw was on this morning with uh, Philip and Holly and they couldn't have any control over him whatsoever and he was still shouting Gordon's alive as they were desperately trying to get to an ad break. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: <sighs> cantankerous is once again the word <laughs> I would <Yeah>. use. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he was fabulous uh, and then I think we... we Dodged off a bit after that to, no, maybe, for the evening, that the evening do, and then it was the, supposedly the ladies of talk, the I ladies of Doctor Who panel.
1: I saw the ladies Indeed. of Doctor Who, <laughs> just you that went off for a nap.
2: So, who, who was on the ladies of Doctor Who panel?
1: Well, the lady Ellis George, and the lady Eve Miles, and the lady Kyoin.
2: But what, what wasn't she introduced as Billy Piper? She was introduced <laughs> as Billy Piper and then yeah kayoen came out again
1: they 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 did try and make way for Ellis george you know because she's she's 17 and not quite as into the convention thing as them and in fact they took over the interviewing for a, for a swathe of it um asking her about hotels and filming and things in cardiff um but yes there, there wasn't much women in doctor who
2: so, it was... Then after that, that it was just it was a minute. Just a minute.
1: Which got completely saved by the Newman's arguing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. It, they are great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it would. It really wouldn't have been as funny if they didn't have a marital spat on the stage. I mean, you've got to have a marital spat on the stage. It, it just doesn't work otherwise.
2: That's why we're never on stage at the same time, you see.
1: Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> awkward (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, so yeah i mean i think other things over the weekend uh they started the hrh prog on this year which again it felt like two very separate events munged together I, i went in there very briefly on the thursday night to see crazy world of arthur brown because crazy world of arthur brown who wouldn't um but i think next year it's due to be just pure sci-fi again. Because yep. I think with, with, with it being as it was, they'd moved the screening room over into the sports hall, which in the four years I'd be going, I've never Nothing. managed to get there. I've never once been in there. Brendan's been in there once, but we yeah, don't talk yeah, about that.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and so uh, the, the stuff in the spaceport, they, they had panels going on in there again, and they had uh, retro games retro area, yep. which was cracking. You know, the first, When you walk into the Retro Games area and the first thing you see is a bunch of people sat around playing GoldenEye on the N64, <laughs> yeah <Yep. laughs> yes.
1: But the, the stalls were crap again. Oh,
2: once again, the stalls, yeah.
1: It, it's all the stuff left over from Hard Rock Hell, mm. which just isn't the stuff that we want to buy.
2: Mm.
1: I don't need drinking horns and spiky bras. Yes, you and... you lied. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone
0: yeah. needs drinking horns and spiky brows.
1: I know, I just don't need that in my life. I want more towards the forbidden planet. Don't want the... t-shirts
2: with wolves on them. No, Everybody needs t-shirts no with I wolves don't. on them. I
0: had one of the weirdest experiences of my entire weekend. The best shot for... in 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 the Trader Zone at the Weekender, and it was the 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 lady who makes. Crocheted beanie hats. Mm. I was there looking at them, and we we're just chatting. And she's like, "Please, whatever you do, don't look at what I'm crocheting now." So obviously you're gonna look at what she's crocheting, and I look down, and she is sewing a giant cock, two balls, and a big old bush of pubes <laughs> to a green crochet hat, and she is looking more shamefaced about that than anyone I've ever seen <laughs> look ashamed about anything ever. um She said it was a custom order, and that they usually do these custom orders, but normally she doesn't sew the balls on, she gives the balls as a bracelet to the girlfriend of the guy who's bought the hat, Um, which I thought was funny. Later on that weekend, the second weirdest sight was seeing someone wearing that hat playing crazy golf. But yeah, bless her, she was...
1: She's got some cracking hats, and she was the best stall that was there. Oh, yeah, by a
0: long shot. I got her card somewhere. We'll put her details in the show notes. Yeah, we'll stick a link to the site. Crocheted beanie hats.
2: Yeah, they were, Megan bought one, she bought a Deadpool one, and then wore it all weekend. Yes. (laughs) Even when she was in her Dean cross play, she still (laughs) wore the Deadpool beanie.
0: Deadpool breaking the fourth wall.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, other other stuff, uh, doing, as per usual, the level of cosplay was insanely good. Oh my word. The, there were um, some awesome ones. It was nice to see some I'd seen before, like the um, Warhammer 40k Harley Quinn, yeah. and a couple of others I'd seen at MCM.
0: And then there was the Necros Overlord from Warhammer 40k. Yeah. That was really, really well done.
2: So, there was a lot of awesome cosplay. And i, I say I'm gutted that we didn't see the cosplay final, but... Well, Tabitha, we yeah. were doing what we were doing. But artifacts
0: and Tabitha Lion were there, so mm. I think the cosplay standard had been raised slightly. I
2: thought it was, very, it was nice that they did a lot of workshops as well, because yeah. um, I know some, some of our guys went to the workshops on that. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's very similar to making LARP weaponry. you know.
0: Yeah, well she does Twitch streams with that as well. Yeah, So she'll Twitch stream herself playing Hearthstone, but also um, prop making from the workshop. Yeah.
2: So yeah, that that was kind of cool. Um,
1: So, if you were going into next year, making it fully sci-fi weekend, how would you guarantee that you sold out six thousand caravans?
2: Well, I I think they need some bigger headline guests that haven't been there before. Uh, I think you know they need to dispense with minor characters from shows who haven't been on the shows in a while, uh, and get some really big draws in. You know. Someone from Supernatural, someone from Heroes, that kind of thing. Yeah. Someone from something big and current, I think, is a massive draw.
1: I think if they did that, then it'd sell itself. I mean, yeah. the the Asylum, which silent 16 and 17 that gone this year, which have Supernatural people, they, they sell out six months in advance. Yes. Yeah. Because they know that they're going to get big names, whereas you're never quite sure if somebody's going to turn up to the Sci-Fi Weekend or... or um, well, even we, even who people are necessarily when they're they're representing a big show. Yeah.
0: Well, they've got a Star Trek connection now. They should start plodding that along. Yes, definitely. Because I mean, we've we've had Chase Masterson, we've had Renee O'Brienoir, and now we've had Garrett Wang. Yeah. Um,
1: oh, Parrish is very funny.
2: Yeah, uh, Robert Duncan McNeil. Yeah, he's he's, he's great. A yeah. No, uh, and
1: oh, we we had um thingy. Getting his name. It's um, from Voyager. Can
0: Manu, Manu Interame. Oh, so, yeah, yes. He was so, so as Trace.
1: Yeah. Mm. Well, there's been a lot of old Doctor Who's and Brian and. Well, Brian's Brian's
0: done three that we've been at.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: so I, I think they they just need to update the guest roster yeah. a bit. I think and, and get people from something big and current.
1: But I, I think also in, in, in terms of the entertainment, um some of the cons we've gone to have, have had comedy from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and in the past we've had um We've had Festival of the Spoken Nerd there before. Festival. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then we had we had the zombie guy as well a yeah. couple of years ago. Mm. The Dark
0: and the Dark Room would work there. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Would. You've seen that, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Or or Nightmare. Really? Do, do tell me about
0: it. <laughs> Nightmare would be cool. Oh, the MMO RPG show would be awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but there are things like that out there yeah. that you can hire,
0: and that'd be that'd be great as part of the imaginary. But
1: I, I but I think that they, that's
2: what the Sci-Fi Weekend does very well is it is a diverse program of events. Yes, and it does that really really well. But I, I think for me, what what tends to let it down sometimes is they don't have big name draws. Um, which I think it'd be good to get one or two I'm not saying you know pepper it with all star people there just get one or two big name draws there to do one on each day one on Friday one on the Saturday yeah well regardless hopefully we'll be back again next year doing doing what we do
1: I want it to succeed I want it to be the best that it can be because Mm. it was our our first one and it's our first love Um, yeah um, I, I I think we have our hearts there
2: yeah
0: yeah, it was the first convention I ever went to, it was the yeah, x 3 yeah. you know, that, and, yeah, it took a lot to be like, let's go brave some crowds and do something well out of my comfort zone, so yeah, I've got massive soft spot for a sci-fi weekender, for sure. Cool. I didn't see enough fans.
2: I actually bumped into a hell of a lot of them. I didn't. Them, so good <laughs> I'm so to good. see you all. It's, it's interesting just to kind of uh, as I walk up to the bar, people like, "Hey, look, it's the monkey spanner guy." And I'm like, "Really? Wow. Okay. Cool." I was
0: even wearing a nervous old t-shirt.
1: <laughs> You're gonna have to just wear the t-shirt next year, and not a shirt over it. That's too
0: cold.
2: We just have to get you up and just stand you at the side of stage, just holding the awkward balloon, uh-huh. just while we're doing the panels. Don't oh. ever say anything, cause it, you know, th- then that way it's not a problem. You don't have to interact with anyone. <laughs> just stand there and hold the awkward balloon. We're
1: getting a thermal vest <laughs> and a t-shirt and an awkward balloon.
0: i definitely have to have an awkward balloon next year as part well of my cosplay.
2: So that, that's just what we're gonna do. We're just gonna get you up, just up, stood at the side of stage with a spotlight and an awkward balloon. <laughs> And only people who've listened to this on the show will understand why you're there, yeah
1: <laughs> to be fair
0: i, I next year I'm going to book the day off work before the weekend because mm. I had done a fourteen hour shift on the Wednesday yeah. and then had to drive up, so I, I was kind of wiped out for most of the weekend, yeah. which kind of sucked. Um, I ate far too much pizza and too much Burger King. that's all I ate.
1: and a giant cookie
0: yeah that was breakfast. Mm. Um, yeah.
2: But all in all it was yeah, another great weekend. Oh, Enjoyed it. it. it I, is. I felt like I spent a hell of a lot more time not watching stuff this time and off doing a lot of other stuff. So. I was
0: I definitely spent less time in the main void than I usually yeah. do. Uh I spent more time actually talking to people who I haven't spoken to mm. for a long time. Like I spent more time with the GK um including the world's Fucking scariest Ewok. <laughs> yeah, we got pictures like, of that. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 the bad taxidermy of Ewoks. Yeah. It's evil.
2: Yeah. Well I got a whole bunch of photos. Uh, so they'll go out accompanying this. I'll do a photo album Sweet. and stick that out with this. So people can have a look and tag yourselves, do whatever you want. Pictures are all there, take them, use them to do profile pictures, whatever.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. if you haven't been to the supper weekender, uh, then you definitely need to look into getting tickets for next year, yeah, because absolutely. it is it's a really nice event, and it's it's friendly. That's the one thing that I found year in year out is it, it's always seemed to be friendly. there's been there hasn't been any real issues that I've ever come across with
1: people being on, jerks. It's and. on the haven site, which means that there's there's lots of access to different food places, yeah. It's not like you're stuck in a hotel and forced no. to spend twenty quid on a yeah. pizza. And it's a lot. Um, a
0: lot of same people that go every year. Yeah, yeah. So you 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 can become part of a a giant a giant, giant family. nerdy community. Yeah, a, a, ner- a nerdy community sort of geek, the, geek campers.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the Facebook stuff post this year has been really good mm. with everybody piling in with their photos mm. and memories and saying what they were doing and. It, it's been a really nice community after
0: Yeah
2: Sweet So come so,
0: along for your first time next year And hopefully we'll see you.
2: Yeah and keep an eye out over the next couple of weeks Because we'll put out a bunch of the interviews and stuff that we yep. did So the Garrett Wong interview we'll put out next week And then a whole bunch of others we'll put out as wonky casts Of our on stage stuff
0: And we have some appearances coming up soon Details will be on the website and the Facebook page
2: Yeah yeah We've got quite a few bits of bobs going on Because we're going to be at Wales Comic Con in a couple of weeks time
0: and then on free comic book day, we'll be doing our very first live recording in front of an audience.
2: Yeah, live show recording. Yeah, like, yeah I mean, we, We've recorded panels and interviews and stuff we've done on stage, but we've never done a live show.
0: We are getting closer to our dream of being, you know, the UK's answer to Kevin Smith and Chris Hardwick. Slowly. Which, I mean, which, like, which one's I'm, which? I'm not entirely sure. As I said that, I wasn't wasn't clear who, <laughs> who was who. I mean... Who do you want to be?
2: Oh, I don't know because that's Kevin a tough Smith's choice. Awesome. It, it, Kevin it, it Smith is. or Chris yeah, Hardwick? Because yeah. Kevin Smith's awesome, and but then Chris Hardwick's awesome as well. So I, I don't know. I have the beard for Kevin Smith. You, I guess. you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. Like that. yeah. Okay, so I think you, you'd have to be Kevin Smith. Fine. All right, and I'll, I'll be Chris Hardwick. That's, that's fine. Okay. okay cool. Um, we We've sorted that.
0: Also, we'll put in the show notes. There is a IndieGoGo campaign by Juliet Landau uh Drusilla from Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, about a history of vampires in in well in in fiction and in in our pop culture um it's well worth checking out and backing up i think it's into its push goals now um so it's been funded so definitely go along and contribute where you can there's some great uh benefits in there
1: the cast is awesome, yeah, and the is. more people she's getting on board onto the cast, the more that they're able to sell. Yeah, some really interesting things they're giving so, away, like
2: all the Ron Perlman stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. If, if if you want signed photos of Ron Perlman, that's where you go to get it. Yeah. And and um, even even down to if if you're mega rich, you can go and be part of the filming. Or go and turn up to the screening. Yeah, but, but just like so having
0: access to the Hang yeah. is is really cool. Um, she just hangs out with different people, and you get to just watch her just There's chat. This week mm. has
1: been Christian Kane. Yeah, mm. who was on Angel yeah. and yeah. Leverage, yeah. and Good is now elite. on The Librarians. Librarians. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, indeed. So there you go. That is a Kickstarter that is. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah, we'll, st- yeah, we'll stick to... It's an IndieGo. In.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: But uh, this all came about because...
0: This all came about because I woke up one morning to find that G. Lando was following me on Twitter. <laughs> and I have never fanboyed so hard in my life. <laughs> Hark at
1: you. Even when you were retweeted by... Mr.
0: Filian last year. Well, maybe it's the time of year. You know, it was weird
2: because again, it was this the, time, this last, time year. last year. I got retweeted by Neil Gaiman yeah. and Amanda Palmer.
0: But I, I looked at the name. I was like, I recognize that name. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was quite. I was thought I was still asleep. I thought it was my pacer app telling me that I'd been stationary for an hour. <laughs> it's time to get <laughs> moving. <laughs> so I looked at it and I was like, Oh, wow, That I. Th- I I know who that is I I wanted to make sure that it was a genuine verified account And not something else I was like, yes, get in So I screenshotted it And put it all over Facebook I was so happy Just so happy Does it
2: make up for the fact that Garrett Wong's following me and Emma and not you?
0: Yeah, I was sat at the table as well I was sat like I was I was sat next to Garrett Wong and he followed you and he followed Emma. And I was like I was waiting for my phone to then be he followed for the my next door
2: neighbours. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was sat there going, "Come on, any minute now." I was looking at him expectantly,
1: just, like tears
0: pooling in the bottom of my eyes. <laughs> like
1: he just knew you were going to abandon him and just go home. That's why. I
0: was just like, "Come on, man! I'm right here, <laughs> I'm right here, Garrett." Just just follow me, please. But no, he didn't. But fuck him. <laughs> Juliet Lando did, so it's fine. <laughs>
2: uh, and on that note... Hashtag not bitter. <laughs> I, I'm sure he will follow you when we put the episodes out. <laughs> just, just, just
0: ask him. Just say, do you mind just following this guy? Cool. Yes. Anyway... I think that's about it. I think that's, that's pretty much
2: it for now. Yeah. So just keep an eye out for stuff. There's loads of stuff. We're gonna be at loads of stuff, so come and say hey.
0: I feel like I've been wrecked quite enough by you two for one night. So <laughs> well, that's all for this show then. Um I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles.
1: I've been Emma.
0: And until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. <laughs>